Good morning and welcome to Old Readers Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C. and I'm a recovered compulsive old reader from Boston area. Today is Thursday, December 19th, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We're on page 76 in the chapter Into Action. We're on the fourth paragraph that starts with, Probably there are still some misgivings. Today's readers are Nadia, Erin I, and Lauren N. for the text, Phyllis D. for the 12 Steps, Christina J. for the 12 Traditions, and the newcomer greeter will be Elena A.M., and the host for our second hour is Jody E., The reference numbers for yesterday, which was Wednesday, December 18th, are these. 7 a.m. meeting yesterday, Eastern Time, was 13,844-13844. The 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 13,846, that's 13846. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I am now going to ask Phyllis D. to read the 12 traditions, excuse me, the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Phyllis. Good morning. This is Phyllis D. from Central Illinois, recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory 
and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried Mm -hmm. to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. My pass. Thank you, Phyllis D. And now Christina J. is going to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Christina J. from the state of Washington. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. <clears throat> Excuse me. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OE group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other media (coughs) of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me of service, and I pass. Thanks, Christina J. And now here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, you press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 76, the fourth paragraph that begins with, probably there are still some misgivings. And I'm going to ask Nadia, I think Nadia, tell me the initial of your last name when you come on, 
to stop the reading for us. Good morning, Nadia. Good morning, Penny. Nadia B., grateful to recover in Connecticut. Thank you. I feel special. Everybody remembers my name without the initial. <laughs> Probably there are still some misgivings. As we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we have heard, we may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. Let us be reassured. To some people, we need not and probably should not emphasize the spiritual feature of our first approach. We might prejudice them. At the moment, we are trying to put our... But this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. It's seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announce that we have gone religious. In the prize ring, this would be called leading with the chin. Why lay ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious bores? We may kill a future opportunity to carry a beneficial message, but our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. He is going to be more interested in the demonstration of goodwill than in my uh, in our talk of spiritual discovery. I um, just, you know, am at awe of what this work does. And for me, um, steps four and five, um, as someone else said it yesterday, introduced the idea that, um, you know, I am spiritually dead. Um, and I never wanted to discover that. Uh, I am, you know, as uh, bedevilment described my life pretty, um, pretty precisely. Um, I am walking that person. And here is, um, there's, there's a lot of promises, a lot of suggestions in this book. And there are a lot of warnings for me. Uh, because I am a spiritually sick person, I, I believe, you know, the heart of my soul needed resuscitation. Um, I always remember how close I was to physical death. And I have to say also, um, you know, um, I had a spirit that was disconnected um, from, you know, I understand what cancer of the soul means today when Bill says it. And I needed a shock to my heart, to the heart of my soul, and this program provided it. So I think what what this um, paragraph is asking me not to lead with a chin. Don't take risks with you, with your soul. You're very close, Nadia. You are very close to death. So um, you know we warn you not to lead with a chin. We warn you to take precaution. We warn you to, um, uh, you know, uh, be serious about this matter. I have to be serious, entirely honest, check my motives. And I am very grateful for people that have gone before me, that have helped me to pick my words carefully. Um, you know, actions are always speaking louder than words. And the book tells me that people will be more interested in demonstration of goodwill. You know, my self-will 
got me here. You know, I had this build up, um, you know, stone wall around my soul. And um, this step will provide that much needed shock to the heart of my soul. And so don't poo-poo on it, Nadia. Don't skimp on anything. Um, You know, be other-centered. See what can be helpful in the future. Because I am the message today. And I am so grateful that I am alive and and spiritually resuscitated by this power. Um, And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia B. And now we're about to take names for those who would like to share this morning. I'm going to do my very best, as we all do, to try to hear everybody's names. So um, just say it once, please, and and, um, and I'll, I'll do my best. Go ahead. Who would like to share? Stacey J. Harlan Okay, can we stop? The only one I heard was clearly was Harlan. Who was before Harlan? There were two people before Harlan. Hello? Hey, Janice PM. Pia and Jan. Katie G from Boston. Okay. And I think I did I think I heard Nessa. And we'll try that. And then Katie G. Okay. All right, I have Pia, I believe. Uh Janice M. Holland. Melissa C. Okay, let's just start with those, if I have them correctly written. So, Pia, Janice M., Holland G., Nessa, Katie G., and Melissa C. Pia, if I have you correct, would you start? Was there a Pia? Okay, Janice, go ahead. There was Stacy J. I don't know if Morning, you heard me. everyone. Oh. Uh, can you hear me? Um, yeah, go ahead, Janice. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. Uh, and thank you, everyone. My name is Janice, PM, and um, I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. So we're following directions here because, see, they've already gone through this. They've, they've done this. Remember Dr. Bob he had to go out. You know, he made excuses. You know, they already know. I mean, he they, he didn't say that, but he didn't want that because he was a doctor. And, you know, it's our ego that, you know, oh, I don't want to tell you how what I did. And you know why I don't want to tell you? It's because I, in my head, have the results all, all in my head. What's going to happen? I'm afraid. I'm afraid. But I had to remember that, you know, I'm not going in there by myself. I'm going in there with my higher power. So I trust because I don't know what the results are going to be. But I do know from experience that they're always good. It doesn't matter because why am I doing this? I'm doing this because my real purpose is to be of service to my higher power, God, and others. And it says, and you know, I've had sponsees, and I still thought that I I could go make amends to a certain person, but I still had some resentment. And you can't have resentment and go and get for for amends. It just won't work. You know, you have to be ready. That's why the sponsor is very, very important here. Yeah, we may feel diffident. What does that mean? 
well, we may feel shy, we may feel hesitant, um, we have lack of confidence, and mostly for me is, oh, what are they going to think of me? Oh, maybe they're going to throw me out. So, but we don't know. We don't. I didn't know the outcome. I didn't know the results, because you see, I have a God with me going in again, and um, and we have to remind ourselves that we have decided, and I have decided. I'll go to any lengths. Any lens that there is, even if it means facing these people, and it usually comes out very good because, you know, God is the increase. Um, so I've been given, and I pray before I go, to please give me the serenity, the strength, the direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal con- consequences are. And uh, it's leading with the chin. I, I, I know that from... I know the men have told me that's a that's the a boxing, and you wouldn't go in and, and say, "Okay, here I am." You know, I'm here for a punch in the mouth, punch in the chin. So you don't do that. You go in very, you know, um, like I said, God got me through this. Believe me, trust, trust, because I don't know the outcome. I think I do, but I don't. And with that, I pass. Thank you, GNSM. Harlan G., it's your turn. Thanks, Penny. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you for your service, and thanks to Team Thursday for making this meeting possible. What's happening here is we're going to go on with a process. And the process of these steps, one of the processes, is we're going to be right with God, we're going to be right with ourselves, and now we're embarking on a process to be right with our fellow human being. We're going to clean up the wreckage of the past. Nothing brought me closer to God than this action. Nothing makes me feel better about myself. Nothing makes me like myself and be at peace with myself than doing this and service to others. Let's take a look at what we have here. We're about to bring our program out of the tent of people that are in this way of life, and we're going to go back to the people that we've hurt. What do I need to do that? I absolutely need step 10. And one of the biggest mistakes that I see all the time are people doing this process without step 10. You do not have to complete 9 to begin 10. It says very clearly in in 10 on page 84, we commence this way, we vigorously commence this way of living as we cleaned up the past. So without step 10, I'm going to be too scared to do this. I'm going to be too, it says here, diffident. What does diffident mean? It means timid or shy. I'm going to be too bottled up with my emotions. And I need to take a look for myself at what's pure Oxford group here. And it says here, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. Many, many times in this book, it is going to tell me that my main purpose is to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. It's just going to use different words. Helping others is the foundation stone of my recovery. Bill found that when all other measures fail, work with another alcoholic would save the day, and so on and so forth. I don't have the time to go into all of them, but you all know these things. Now, this is pure Oxford group, and they said to Bill Wilson many times, bring us the people from Wall Street. That's who we want in the Oxford group. 
You're not being maximum, Bill. You're not being maximum. Maximum was a expression in the Oxford group. And Bill says, no, my God told me that I'm here to sober up drunks. And they said, no, you're not being maximum. And when we take this process of the amends and we start holding our head up high and we walk with conviction that God is in us and around us, we are now transmitting a message of recovery, pure recovery. What we are doing is screaming so loudly we can't, no one can hear what we're saying. This demonstration, demonstration to teach with action. St. Francis of Assisi said to us, and I'll close with this, preach the gospel, and if you must, use words. This action shows people what this way of life can do for us, and they will see it if they're receptive to it. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. And now Nessa, and she's going to be followed by Katie G. Good morning, Nessa. Did you call me? I did. Oh, great. Thank you. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater calling from Cancun, Mexico. But don't write your step tent yet because it's uh, stormy weather and quite windy and not so warm. So there. Um, I want to uh, jump on the bandwagon of actions speak louder than words because I have found that uh, for me the amends more difficult to make are those are to those who are closer to me, whom I hurt repeatedly, and to whom I've apologized repeatedly, uh, because I have no credibility. You know, I, I hurt them, and I say, you know, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, and then I do it again. Um, you know, and I have no credibility because um, I never keep my word, and so my words mean nothing. And so this is where action is required, and this is the approach that I take now um, that I have taken with my family and, uh, you know, people closest to me and also that I advise to my sponsees. You know, we're all in a hurry to get our, our amends done and over with, but sometimes we have to take a pause. I mean, and we do want to get them done, you know, quickly. We don't want them hanging over our head, but sometimes we do have to pause and, and, and change our behavior first, you know, uh, build some credibility, and then I can go after two or three months and say, you know, I, I hope you've noticed that I've, uh, I've changed how I, I, I behave and I'm, I'm doing my best to, to, to work on myself so that I don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. And now I want to apologize to you for all, the, for all the times that I, you know, did, you know, fill in the blank. Um, but it's important to build that credibility, to let people know I'm in business, and the only way to, know, to, to show people I'm in business is by, by our actions, you know, by, by changing the behavior before I actually go. Um, obviously, this is not the approach for, for every single amend, you know, restitution and things like that do have to get made, and they have to get made quickly. But this is just for the people who, whom, um, as I said before, who are closer to me. Um, I need to rebuild my credibility. I need to rebuild their confidence and trust in me, and I can only do that 
through my actions first. Once my actions are there, then I can follow um, with the words. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. And now, Katie G. from Boston. Hey, Penny. This is Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Boston. I just want to say, if you're not on this step, if you're on step one through nine, please don't make amends. Please, please, please. There's nothing worse than having to make amends for amends. I have to tell you that I have learned so much from making amends over the years, and I've learned by making mistakes. A couple things. First of all, you know, this is not about me going in and saying how great I am because I found God, and look at me. I have a 12-step program. Remember, I'm coming from behind. I've done harm. This isn't about, oh, Katie, you're so great now that you've found God. Like, these people are not going to necessarily want to hear from me. The other thing is I, I hear a lot of people call me, and they're like, well, I just got to get this amend done. I got to get through this so I can get recovered. News flash to all of you. Being a recovered woman does not mean that I, I, I live in Disney World, okay? We need to learn how to do these amends. And if I go to someone and I'm like, I need to see you, I need to make an amend right now, and I'm, and I'm sorry, you're gonna, it, it's, not, it's not real. By working with recovered women, I have learned how to fit myself to be of maximum service to God and the people around me. It took me three years for my mother to say, okay, you can make an amend to me. I always approach them first. Go to your recovered friends and ask them, how do you make an amend? I make an appointment. I don't do drive-by because I want to feel better, right? And that's the problem when I do amends prior to this work. It's not amend. It's apology. It's, you know what, I just need to apologize so I feel better. And living amends. What is a living amend? If I've not made a formal amend, I'm just putting a Band-Aid on something and not actually acknowledging the harm I've done. So what women in program who have walked before me have taught me to do, you make an amend. You go to them and you say, I regret my behavior. This is what I did. I was operating from a place of fear. There's nothing you could have done or not done to change my behavior. And this is not the person that I am supposed to be. I'd like to give you the opportunity to, exp- to tell me, what, would it, what was it like being in a relationship with me? And I'm here to set this right. And then what do I have to do? Pray and get to step six and seven so that God can, t- can change me. Because these amends have no effect if all I'm doing is saying, I'm sorry, and then going and screaming again, right? Fit myself to be a maximum service. It is not about getting that checklist done so I can get recovered. If that's where you're at, you're going to lose, right? Spend the time. Take the time. We're dealing, this is the first time they're letting us out of the house in the steps. Don't mess this up. Please come to us. Ask us. I continue to learn how to talk to people, how to humbly acknowledge this is what I've done and not make this step about me and feeling better and getting relief because I don't want relief today. Relief was the food. I want freedom, which comes from showing up and being honest about who I am and what I've done. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And now Melissa C. And after Melissa, um, I was um, told that we had Stacy J. So I have her name on the list. So Melissa, you go ahead, please. Hi. Thank you so much, Penny, for your service this morning. It's Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in New York. Um, yeah, I just think we're told here um, that on the first approach where, you know, not to necessarily speak of God. And 
so I get a couple of things here where we don't come out, you know, saying that this is a spiritual thing that I'm in, doing. And I get a couple of things out of this is that one is that there's an understanding that I'm going to be making many approaches perhaps to these people that I'm making amends to because it's not, yeah, it's not just a, I go in there, I say I'm sorry, and then I ride off into the sunset and I'm done, work done. Um, in fact, that, you know, that formal, like, face-to-face amends um, is just the beginning. It's probably the first approach I'm going to make with this person because the rest of my life is, is the demonstration that, you know, to show that I really am, that I really am sorry, that I really am looking to change. And and I think, yeah, um, you know, to me, my, my higher power has a sense of humor and my higher power is like, uh, please don't pull my my good name into into your mess. Like don't don't start up and, and advertise for me and say you found me now, you found God because um you know you're you're no um you're no example. I mean that's how I sort of think that it was, you know, when I went out there initially, um and there were amends I had to make, you know, if I came at those people and said, Oh, I found God, first of all they would think they would think I was crazy. You know, and it would be just another one of my harebrained ideas, you know, and, and they wouldn't take me seriously. And and not only that, maybe they would maybe they would take God or the twelve steps seriously. They would think this is just another, you know, ridiculous uh scheme, a quick fix program. And so yeah, I I had some like all of us, I had some really difficult demands. And what I found out, you know, we're looking for a relationship with power. And we get a relationship, a relationship grows when you find out that you can 100% rely on that person or that God, right? Whatever it is that I'm looking to have a relationship with, every relationship in my life grew when I found that I was in a tough spot and I leaned on it and they were there for me. And that's what happened with me and God. I, I made those hard amends and I found out God was right there with me. And the demonstration is what really matters. I had loved ones um, who didn't really want to hear from me. You know, I had an aunt who pretty much hung up on me. Um, she didn't want to hear my stories, but I get to show up for her. You know, and, and that's the difference. That's what this is all about. Thanks so much for that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And now, Stacy J., are you there? I am here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for hearing me. This is uh, Stacy J., a recovered food addict in Toronto. Um, I'm about 96 days abstinent, and having completed the steps uh, now, with a piece I have never experienced with food. I want to share that when I was making my amends about a month or so ago, uh, maybe two months ago, I um, I went to a former boss that I'd worked for about six months before. And when I was in my lowest phase of my food addiction, I was ducking out from work to go and get my binge foods because as my disease progressed, it was no longer just weekend binges and it was no longer just nighttime binges it was daytime binges where I would have you know those crinkly like bakery bag type things at my desk and so and also now then I would be in the sugar 
and food um, during the day. And so I wasn't actually really fit for thinking anyway. So as you can imagine, my work suffered. Um, so I made an amends to a boss. And this particular boss um, um, is a very, uh, very successful man and also like a, like a very cool guy. He has friends who are rock musicians and he's a very worldly guy. And, um, and so uh, that doesn't seem to matter, except I wouldn't tend to think I would go in talking about religion um, to him. And, uh, but I went in and, uh, and I made an honest amends and, and he was lovely about it. And like the true leader he is, he even took responsibility for his part of kind of um, a lack of leadership in my immediate boss, let's say. And I, of course, pushed that aside. And, and we, we had a really lovely talk. And at the end, he said to me, he asked me, he goes, is this a 12-step thing? <laughs> is this an AA thing, I think is what he actually said. And uh, I said, well, it is, except it's for food. And he looked interested. And that was the end of that conversation. Um, but what's, what I find amazing is, you know, he would have friends who have probably been through uh, AA and, and other maybe drug-related programs based on, you know, the kind of world he moves in. But, but he probably didn't even know there was a 12-step fellowship for food. And, um, and I know, because he's expressed to me, that he has a great deal of trouble controlling his food. And as the years have progressed in his life, he's gotten bigger. And I can tell that it's a frustration for him. So there was a chance there. I never talked about religion, but making an honest amends and then his own curiosity, I got to carry the message without um, a discussion of religion that for a man like him, I think would have been off-putting. Um, so it, it evolved in a very natural way. And at the end of the amends, he hugged me, <laughs> which was he's never done before. So it was it was quite miraculous, and and I left there feeling so much lighter in my heart and soul, and I can see that a chance to do to be of service maybe in future work for him could happen, and uh, at the very least, he knows there's a fellowship for, for us. So uh, that's it, and thank you so much, and I hope you all have a peaceful, absent day. I'll pass. Thank you, Stacey J. Okay, we're ready for another group, but let me first tell you, um, where we are, just a reminder, we're in the chapter into action. We're on page 76. We read the fourth paragraph, which starts with, probably there are still some misgivings. Who else would like to share? Pete B. Linda Pete? J. Linda? Okay, anyone else? Who was that? Phyllis D. Phyllis? Yes. Phyllis D, okay. Ken A. Somebody A, what was your first name? Beth W. Jen. Jen A. Jen A, hi Jen. And then we have someone whose last initial is W. Beth W. Beth W. All right. Take one more. Courtney M. Say that again. Somebody M. Courtney M. Courtney. Okay, let's get started with Pete B. Good morning, Pete. Pete B. 
I'm here. Hi, Penny. Uh, Pete B, compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thanks for taking the meeting, Penny. <laughs> I'm in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, the key word here, right? But, but, but our man is sure to be impressed with our sincere desire to set right the wrong. That's the only purpose of this process, that this particular step that I write in here, is to set right the wrong. It's not, our, it's, not, it's not our responsibility to explain to somebody why we're doing it other than I wronged you and I'm here to fix it. It's not our responsibility to let that person know that I'm now starting to be a demonstration of a new person, right? I'm not, it, it's not my responsibility to lighten my load by making you feel bad about something you did and the way I reacted to it. I can never forget I was early in recovery and somebody came up to me, you know, in, in, in the good natured way that we always like to do and then pleasantly informed me that I said something that offended them and they were resentful and they wanted to make a, a, an amends to me because they felt resented because they resented what I said. And I said, that had no impact, has absolutely no impact on me. You have, there's no reason to make an amends for something like that. So, right. So it's not my, it's, it's not, it's not the opportunity for me to lighten my load by making you feel bad about something that happened. We set right the wrong, right? If it's writing checks, we write a check. If it's doing something it's to make up for something that I, where, I, where I fell short, I do something to, 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 to make up for what, where I fell, fell short. That's the only, that, you know, it, it's just, it's funny that we, we, we make it such a big, humongous <clears throat> uh, uh, event, right? We're, what we're doing here is we're setting right the wrong. We're doing what we were supposed to be doing in the first place. We don't need a stadium to applaud us. We don't need, you know, to feel particularly different. We set right the wrong and we move on. By setting right the wrong, we will then begin to walk hand in hand in the sunlight of the spirit, right? That's, that's, it, 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 this, is, this is what the opportunity is for us. Set right the wrong so we can walk away from this with pride and dignity, knowing we did what we were supposed to do. We're not supposed to leave the person, you know, with this feeling that, you know, look, look, look how great this person is doing. Look how great they're doing now. I'm so grateful for this experience. Those things may come, but the objective here is to set right the wrong. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. And now we have Linda D. And she'll be followed by Phyllis. Good morning, Linda. Morning, Penny. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm so thrilled to be back on the line. I really had a messed up phone thing. Um, I did my first uh, nine-step maybe more than 30 years ago, and I didn't have a higher power, so that's what I want to talk about. I did, but I didn't know it. And so there were things that were very valuable to me, the guidance of my sponsor, the big book, of course, and um, I had to use the set-aside prayer. And I had to act as if. And I was terrified because I didn't have a higher power I was sure of. And there may be some people who don't. And I did the amends. And I did it with sincerity. I did it with the guidance. And I did it with sincerity. And unbeknownst to me, I did it with God. And uh, what happened was a lot of love happened because I really cared and they could really see it. And I had surprises uh, that I didn't know would happen, like when you're supposed to sit and think about, is there anything you've left out? 
I thought of something randomly. I didn't know if it was anything, and I went across the street, made amends, and it was a really serious amends I needed to make, and my neighbors were thrilled. And yes, a lot of shame was released, but more importantly, I was on my way to an experience of real recovery, and for this, I'm eternally grateful, and I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Now Phyllis D., and then after Phyllis, we'll have Jen. Phyllis? Hi. Uh, this is Phyllis D. from Central Illinois and a compulsive overeater. And I wanted to start by saying when I, years ago, uh, well, many years ago before I knew program or anything, I was a, a raging controller and um, had small children and yelled a lot, tried to get them to do things my way. Everybody, anybody I ran across, that's what my aim was. Um, um, And so one night I was telling my son, I was, when I put him to bed, I would say always, almost always, I'm sorry for the day or something. I'm sorry I said this. And one night he looked up at me and says, that doesn't work, mom. And it just broke my heart, but I still didn't know what to do to make it right. Uh, and to change, which is what it really meant. Um, I was a self-will run riot, I think, and I just wanted things my way, and I didn't know how to do it any other way. And I wanted to speak about the set sincere desire to set right the wrong because um, I got into a, another program, and um, I, w- I wound up writing a letter. Uh, it was a wonderful uh journey through the steps and I wrote a letter to him and to my daughter and to my husband and uh read it to my sponsor and then I and corrected things when it looked like I was trying to say it you know but I was like this way you know um uh and then I read and then I made an appointment with him at the pizza place because I knew I wouldn't be able to do it in his house and he loves pizza so we ate we had pizza he had pizza but we sat there and um and i read him the letter and he he was speechless and that's all i had to know is he didn't argue with me he did he just accepted it and it has made a world of difference in in my life but when i came here is when i what what i really found out was telling i'm sorry what i want to back up when i told him the next reading the letter i never used the words i'm sorry I'm because it didn't mean anything to him. So I told him I was wrong. And he just kind of sat up and looked at me. And it made such a difference. And so I came to this program, and that's where I really learned more about letting God run my life. And um, I haven't had to do as many amends as I had because God helps me with what I'm thinking and what my actions are, which I'm so grateful for in step 11. So, um, but I just wanted to say that's the changing my words to talk to people when I've really done it over and over and over again. It just really helped a lot. And I, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Phyllis D. And we're going to have Jen A. And she'll be followed by Beth W. Good morning, Jen. Hey, good morning, Penny. Thank you so much for your service. This is Jen A., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in Colorado. Wow, um, I love all the suggestions and people's experience, strength, and hope on the line this morning. Um, it's been really powerful for me. 
um, I didn't have the lines of a vision for you when I went through my amends um, the first time. And so I went back and, and I really studied and I, I looked into the step um, later as I continued um, because I knew I needed additional help. And I always reference back to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous when I have questions. So in these eight pages, the next eight pages, it gives me 60 guidelines. 60 guidelines to do what? To put my life in order. That's what it says at the top of page 77. And, and, and notice the word before that. It says, we are trying to put our lives in order. Guess what? I'm human. I'm not going to be perfect. The first time I do amends, it's not going to be perfect. But I'm trying. I'm giving it my best. God knows what my best is. And I took my amends and I wrote them out and I shared them over and over and over again with my sponsor, making sure that myself was out of my amends because it wasn't about me. Yes, it was about the damage that I did to the other person, but I wasn't looking for forgiveness. You see, my whole life, all I did was say to people, will you forgive me? And I kept going back and creating more harm and doing more damage because I thought that's how we did it. Oh, just forgive me. Let me feel better about myself. No, Jen, that's not how this program works. I'll never forget when I got to this point. And a friend of mine, I didn't even know he was in program. Um, he just said he went to, out to coffee with friends every Sunday. And what he taught me was, which he was a recovered alcoholic, he taught me about, um, uh, you know, uh, setting forth the, the wrongs that I had made. And I was working on this with my kids. And I always told him, yeah, uh, you know, tell, tell why you did it. He says, tell why you did it. Sorry ends in why. Stop using sorry, Jennifer. And why did you do it? Take ownership for the harm that you've done to somebody, right? Make right the wrongs. Pay back the people that you owe money to. Look them in the eye and say with love and conviction, you know what? It was so wrong of me to do this, but guess what? I am ready to move forward and treat you with love and respect and kindness. And then to sit there and listen to somebody else and what they have to say. I'll never forget making amends to my mom. She stopped me mid-sentence in the car. She put her hand on my leg. She says, I love you. You don't owe me anything. And I said, Mom, please let me just finish. She said, absolutely. Right? And it was so beautiful. Here I thought I had hurt my mom. My mom thought she had hurt me. God was able to start a restoration process. Today I have a beautiful relationship with a woman that I struggled with my whole life. Right? It's so awesome. And I get to use it every single day with people at work. My coworker just wrote me a Christmas card. She goes, I love how you can come and communicate with people and you take ownership for your, for your stuff. That's the program in action, right? That's God in action in me because of the work that I did and because of a spiritual awakening as the result. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. Beth W., and you're going to be followed by Courtney. Good morning, Beth. Hi, Penny. This is Beth W. from North Dakota. Thank you for calling on me. My, um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, the uh, sentence that speaks to me, there's been so many good shares today. My head is just full, 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 full. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. And... Um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I missed that, you know, for a long time. I didn't know that that was why I was making amends and straightening out my life. You know, I thought it was about making myself, as somebody else said, um, feel comfortable, or I think that was something I heard. But 
yeah, I wanted to feel comfortable. I didn't want to feel bad anymore. But I, what I didn't realize is, is just, once again, it's not about me. It's about um, me showing up in, in the world and how does God want me to, what does God want me to be? Um, and God wants me to serve, serve God and others. And when I, when I straighten out my past and I clean up those things, it's not about me feeling good. It's not about me um, dumping my stuff on somebody else and saying, oh, by the way, you didn't even know about it, but I was really resentful. Or, um, and, and how do I show up? You know, this is all about um, making that, those relationships better um, and, and creating new relationships out of, out of what I had you know, run roughshod over. And, uh, and that's where I want my behavior and my actions to show up now. You know, I, I should have been doing that all along, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And so now I have the opportunity to show up and let my behavior, my actions, my words, show up the way I think the God of my understanding wants me to be, which is kind, loving. Uh, my aunt died yesterday, and, and, and I was thinking about that as I was journaling this morning, and she was that kind of person. People were attracted to her because she just showed up in life as someone who is gentle, loving, um, sincere, reaching out to other people. And, um, you know, some people just naturally have that, and some of us have to... <laughs> Have to clean up our past before we get there, but I'm so grateful um, for that example in my life, and that's all I have to say, and I'll pass. Thank you, Beth W. Courtney M., it's your turn. Hi. Yes, thank you so much. This is um, Courtney M., a recovering compulsive overeater in Southwest Florida. Um, this is the first time I've had an opportunity to make it live onto the 7 a.m. call, so I'm so grateful to be on this call with you all this morning. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, I've heard so many wonderful points that everybody has shared today that have been incredibly touching to me. Um, in the paragraph where they talk about don't bring up religion immediately, because obviously if, if we do have tremendous wreckage of the past that we're clearing away, as soon as you show up and say, oh, guess what? <laughs> I, now I'm religious. People are going to, I mean, especially those of, of the people in our lives that we've harmed for decades are going to look at us sideways and go, really? <laughs> really? Um, you know, so I, I love that little piece of advice. Um, but I also heard some other shares today that, that I think were very pivotal for me. Somebody had pointed out that you need to do steps and you need to keep moving through the steps before you're ready to actually create your meaningful amends. And, I, and I'm so grateful that that was shared because I'm, I have just begun in this program. I come from another fellowship of um, a food um, program based on AA, but I was not getting recovery there. And I'm hearing so much recovery on these phone calls with the big book study, I'm, I'm so grateful for it, but I know that I have attempted to make amends in the past, and it was not really amends. It was, it was dumping, um, and it was me talking about my resentments and me, 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 and again, being in that very self-centered place and not actually doing any service when I was making my quote-unquote amends. 
Um, so I'm, I'm just so, so grateful that you all are here and doing this service and giving all of us an opportunity to, to get well and continue in our recovery. So with that, I pass. Thank you, New Courtney M. And now we have three minutes left. That means we can one more uh, share. Who would like to be our last person to share today? Katie T. What was your foot, Katie? Katie T, as in Tom. Yeah, I'm, uh, the first name I didn't get clearly. Katie, Katie. Okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, this is Katie T in um, Greenville, South Carolina. I'm taking it off speaker so it works a little better. Um, recovered and pleased to be so with the help of this um, program and the help of this uh, daily phone call. I, I just want to share about a very specific amends that might be helpful to someone else um, because a lot of people have experienced some abuse in their childhood. And uh, I went to do and um, amends to my brother who um, I'd experienced abuse from in my childhood. And that has impacted my life pretty severely. Um, sex my relationships with uh, men and trusting men uh, to a large degree. But I, I needed to go to him to make amends because I spent all, of, I'm 75 years old, I spent all of my adult life trying to punish him in some way, being mean to him, ignoring him, getting other people to dislike him, uh, if he showed up, I would make a show of leaving. Um, it was just, I was, I was nasty. So I go to him. I'm really resolved this in my heart. You know, I'm not going to him with lingering uh, negativity, but I go to him and we set up a coffee meeting and we're sitting there and he says, before you start, I don't know what you're going to say before you start. I don't want to drag up the path. And, you know, when we go to make amends, we have to hear the people that we're making amends to, what, what works for them. So I said, just allow me one sentence. I said, I, am, I deeply regret how mean I have been to you and your wife over the years. And uh, we agreed to start our relationship fresh from that point. And uh, we haven't become best friends. We only talk maybe once or twice a year. But it's clean when we do, uh, almost clean. Obviously, there's some, some drag. But uh, I just wanted to say, you know, we don't need uh, to, we, we go in with a script, something we'd like to say, a way we'd like to say it, but we need to continue to be open to the other person in the middle of that interaction and what they need and what they want, because as well as getting rid of uh, some stuff from our past, we need to be of service to them and allow them to uh, participate in a way that's meaningful to them, including what other people have commented on to say, are there any other harms uh, I've done that uh, I haven't mentioned that you would like to discuss? So that's my share for the day, and uh, all of you have a great, gorgeous, beautiful Thursday. And uh, I'm passing now. Thank you. Thank you, KDT. And we've come to the end of this meeting. Um, it, goes by so fast. It's amazing. And I've learned so much this morning. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second hour of unrecorded meeting immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, which is Thursday, December 19th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, is 13852. 
13,852. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer, and I'm going to ask Erin I to read that page selection for us. Good morning. This is Erin I, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Upstate New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.